Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 63, recorded on February 27th, 2017. I am your host, Matt Lines, joined today by Let's Go Tribe staff writer, Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, let's talk spring training, uh, some other stuff, your weird, your so weird idea. You're weird. Injury, <laughs> injuries. How's it going, Merritt? Good. You know, I was just looking at park factors for the Indians over the last several years. For some reason, and I think it's tied to the Indians being terrible offensively, uh, Progressive had, had a 95 park rating in 2013 and then 112 in, or 110 in 2016. It's a little odd. Yes. Any ideas why? I guess I, or just wanted to just throw I it assume out there. climate change. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it was just a, <laughs> just, a, just a thing I just noticed. I, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if park factors are too t- – we put too much credence in them because if the teams are really good – but, you know, it can't pitch well or something. I guess the there's a lot of other factors into it, too, though. Like, if the Indians are good but other teams are bad there, that still evens out, right? You'd think so, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't really put any thought into it all. this notices just now. But, yeah, I, I assume climate change. And we can, yeah, there you go. <laughs> climate change and also, I was going to say a good hitter, but I couldn't think of a good hitter right away that would have skewed things. Mm-mm. I, I guess Santana, maybe? I guess. But then you, you have Brantley not being right, there. Yeah. And, you know. Let's go global Davis. warming. Let's just go global warming. Okay. Yeah, okay. Got Gomes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Global warming. Climate so change. Get... get it right. Come on. <laughs> so before we get to the actual show, I wanted to mention, um, me and you are going to be included in this. We're going to do something kind of exciting on Thursday. We're going to have a Reddit AMA. Uh, if anybody ever, anybody ever goes on uh, the Wahoo's TP subreddit, for some reason they decided to let us do a little thing where we're going to go on and talk. Um, Not jobs. I, don't, I know. I don't know why they did. I will mention that we, we initially had last Thursday booked, uh, but a some... Some jerk by the name of Mike Chernoff. I don't know what he's done for the Indians, but we're a blog, so I mean, we should have got the first dibs, but we I'm got saying, bumped off because he wanted to go that day. What? We're the independent press. We're important. <laughs> we <are. laughs> yeah, he, he bumped us off, so now we're March 2nd. That was fine. His AMA was fun, but ours is coming up, so we're going to do that soon. Uh, yeah, so that'll be Thursday, just so everybody knows. So, Merritt, let's get into the actual stuff here. Uh, the first handful of games, spring training. I'm already mm. over it. I don't know about you. I'm I'm okay with spring training ending now, but the Indians they did play they they won they won over the Reds eight to two, Bradley Zimmer homer in that game. The next game they tied against the Cubs because spring training ties can happen. Uh, and then today they won, so they're technically undefeated. So what are your thoughts so far in spring training, and how much do you love it? And I hope you don't love it because it's awful. I still haven't paid for MLB TV yet this year, so I haven't watched anything. <laughs> Wait, can't you so watch I'm, it even if you didn't pay? I don't know. I've really tried. I've been working and distracted by. 
going to brunch yesterday. So, you know, these things get in the way. I would hate to interrupt your brunch. That'd be so awful. Well, of course. A man must have his mimosas. <laughs> Important. Uh, but no, it's, I mean, it's cool. I enjoy that it's existing and happening and there's photos and there's video of Michael Brantley as posted on the, on the uh, site today, swinging in a cage and, you know, men in sunshine wearing children's clothes. But I wish it counted. Um, I'm excited for the World Baseball Classic in a couple weeks because it's actually baseball with at least some import. Um, it's cool to see Bradley Zimmer hitting the ball. He hit that ball far. He too. did. It was opposite field too. I mean, that was a bomb. I think I'm really, I'm really hoping we're going to get this in a minute. I think, but I'm really hoping on him having a big spring and really kind of earning his way onto the big league club. Not immediately, obviously, but within you know couple of weeks, you know, and kind of Chris Bryant sort of a thing like they did a couple of years ago or whatever, you know, the, to get an extra year of service time and all that. But yeah, you just want to manipulate what he does. You, you want to be a horrible person is what you're saying, Mary. Yes. No, I want to make sure <laughs> that I, that I restrict his earning potential <laughs> precipitously. Yes. That's an entire year. That could cost him $10 million. Think about that. Think about what we're talking about doing here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but no, it's fine. That. It's, it's, yeah. it's totally cool that it's happening. And I like, that's just that I mean you were talking about this before the show. I mean, I have, an, I have an article going up tomorrow about utility infielders because there's so little intrigue with the Indians. So it's just like we're not really watching for who the fifth starter is going to be. We're rooting for who the seventh starter is going to be and who the utility infielder is going to be and who I don't even know. Like what other what other position battles even are there on uh, across the entire team? Really, when you think about it. At this point, as people who have to write every day, it feels like we're just making up position battles because yeah. <laughs> there's nothing interesting. It's a good problem to have. I mean, compared to like last year, there was a couple battles, but mm -hmm. that seemed much less bleak heading in. But I mean, I'm going to start writing articles like, what if so-and-so decided to be only left-handed from now on? How will that affect his value? Will it create a position battle? Yeah, I think I'll write about that for Friday, actually. That's a good idea. All right. Somehow you'll wind I'm... up on Cody Anderson and just go on a tangent. Well, yeah. What if he decided to become left-handed but pitched just as well? Would he be more valuable? I'd say yes. <laughs> so let's you get know, into I don't understand what other people's problems with Cody Anderson is. Cody Anderson, I think, is a very talented guy. I think we got a lot of backlash about that article. <laughs> I, I think that might deal. be my fault is because I, I wasn't a big believer in Cody Anderson and I wrote a lot about how I wasn't. And I mm -hmm. think it might have carried over to commenters because like, so many people were so excited about him after that first half season. No, well, that's, that was, writing, you got it. You're striking out like one good. guy per 12. Yeah. Right, no, yeah. Was, yeah. And then when it wasn't good, I think people just immediately laughed onto that. I'm still kind of on that train. I'm not a huge Cody Anderson fan. So before we get to the next thing, why don't you convince us all real quick, why is Cody Anderson the best thing ever? I mean, he's thrown in the mid-90s now. He's got a very uh, surprisingly good curveball, and his changeup was developing at one point. I don't think he got enough time to show himself. Um, I don't think he has this... It's kind of confusing to say. I don't think he has the stuff to be a, a reliever. I don't think he throws hard enough. But I think he is work. I think he has the talent and ability and body type and all that crap to be a middle of the road starting pitch. I don't think he's going to, you know, be, become the next Corey Kluber. But I think he could be a, you know, a middle of the rotation positive influence. And I don't know, man. He's just fun to watch pitch. He sweats so much. <laughs> That's he's fun to watch. <laughs> Other than the just, sweating, that is the, the sweating is interesting to watch, I'll admit. He's just like a fountain. But other than that, he's not that intriguing of a pitcher, is he? I think he is. To have such a velocity spike like that and the corresponding strikeouts and whatnot, I mean, his home run rate was through the roof in 2016. I wrote about this the other day. 
if he cuts that in half, it's going to cut his ERA by a bit. His, his fielding independent pitching is going to drop precipitously. I mean, it was it was double what the league average is. That, that, that's not tenable. Like, just like Matt Cain wasn't always going to have a 5% home run per fly ball ratio, neither will um, Cody Allen. Cody, geez, too many Cody's on this team. <laughs> You're talking neither about will, the actual interesting Cody when you say Cody Allen. You got I, I, find, I find him less interesting and more frustrating because I hate his his knuckle <laughs> curve so much. Uh, but no, I, I think that if I think he has a lot of tools to be much more successful than most of the guys who are slated to be to start some games for the Indians this year. I think he has. I think he has the stuff to be better than or to be as good as someone like. Um, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Wow, his name shot out of my head. Yeah, uh, yeah, Trevor Bauer. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Bauer? No, I don't think so. I think, Maybe I like think Fausto Carmona after he became Roberto. I think he could be as good as Trevor Bauer. Could, not as good as Trevor Bauer could be, but Trevor Bauer probably will be. I think he'd be better than Josh Tomlin, better than Ryan Merritt, better than Zach McAllister ever was. Um, I think he could be as good as Mike Clevenger's ceiling. I just think people underrate him. And I think it's, uh, they're, I don't know, they're missing for the forest for the trees when they see him give him a bunch of bombs. Well, if he turns out to be right, and if you turn out to be right and he's so good, I will let you stand on that pedestal all by yourself and take all the credit for that. The last time I was this vociferous in the defense of a pitcher, it was Corey Kluber in 2013 when I was writing for, uh, <laughs> for Wahoo's on first. And he turned into a pretty good pitcher. So what you're saying so, is everybody buy stock in Cody Anderson right now. It's buy stock happen. now, yeah, yeah. Invest. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. So let's move on. Um, I mean, maybe Cody Anderson can be answer for this too. But so who needs the biggest spring training? Um, I wrote about this today. Spring training really doesn't matter. We, we've talked about that, but let, let's pretend it does for a minute. And who could use it the most? Nobody's going to win a position just out of their spring training performance. Tyler Naquin sort of did last year, but that was also a lot of other fortunate coincidences for him so maybe not necessarily who needs it the most to win a position but just who needs to have a big spring training i'll let you take think, it first i think the biggest name i mentioned already was uh, brad zimmer bradley zimmer i noticed something about your article and something that we do as writers and i just did it with bradley zimmer i'm never going to call him bradley zimmer i don't call anyone bradley bradley <laughs> is not a real person's name brad is that's a grown-up's name michael clevenger is another name that i don't think i've ever well, I'd used. Never call him michael what when it but if you if you look for him on Baseball Reference or anything, he is Michael Clevenger. If you look at, at him in the um, Baseball Perspectives Annual, Michael Clevenger. Hmm. I don't know why, but whatever. Names, I guess. I would call Bradley Bradley. I, I will not call, call him Bradley. Bradley. No, no. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I like the sound of Brad Zimmer more. It sounds like a grown-up baseball player's name as opposed to some you know some squirrely kid out of I don't know playing kickball. So little Bradley Zimmer, he's your pick. But I. I think he is probably my pick. Everything else is just so locked in. Like every position in the infield is locked in. The the pitching stab is pretty much firm. I'm going by. I was just reading your article earlier. I think the only other name on there that really pops would be probably uh, Mike Clevenger if you, to, to kind of create any sort of buzz around himself. But I'd say that my number one guy is Brad Zimmer because I think he could realistically earn himself a position on the team. By the end of May, if he hits well enough, kind of a a Naquin of 2017, but just more expected. Yeah, and like the thing I wrote in the article too is the fact that 
I hope the Indians don't see him not strike out in spring training and think, oh, it's fixed. He's not going to strike mm. out 40% of the time anymore. Right. So, I mean, he would have to have like an amazing spring training to, I think, get a spot out of right away. Because they have to let up. They have to want him to see him improve in AAA, right? Before they just send him on up, I would think. Oh, sure. No, I mean, well, it depends, I guess. It depends on outside factors. Mm-hmm. If someone gets hurt and they need an outfielder, then obviously then they're just going to go with, well, they'll probably go with like Austin Jackson first. But yeah. If Austin Jackson's knee isn't healed up yet, and he's their only option, then it, it'll just happen. Just like with with um with Naquin. Naquin wasn't people didn't I don't think realistically expect him to actually make the make the team, but again, outside factors worked in his favor. So, and I also do think that the thirty seven percent strikeout rate. I do think that was a little bit of a fluke. I think he's going to strike out a lot, but he's not going to strike out right 30 percent of the time in his career no i think he'll be a, a mid-20s guy and which at this point isn't terrible but no um he, just, he just needs a wave of bodies in front of him in order to make it is what you're saying <laughs> there needs to be a wasteland yeah. in front of him of just injured not, players and not slumps. even i think that if um a couple things do have to happen it's not as, as cut and dry as with naquin and uh just um brantley not, not being healthy he would have to, I mean, Almonte would have to like pop for steroids again or something and, or just be hurt. Sam and Jackson's knee would have to not be healthy yet. And then there, and then there you go. I mean, who else would you go with after that? Right. Yeah. Cause I guess you really don't want Naquin facing lefties. So he's mm-hmm. not going to be just the starting fielder on his center fielder on his own. So yeah, I can see that just a couple people going down. I mean, again, he's never struck out more than 27% of the time. Uh, up till last year, and that's a, that's a it's a big jump going from double to triple A. Mm-hmm. There's lots of sour people in triple A who are so <laughs> close to making it that they're just they're going to take it out on the young on the young hotshot prospect. And he was also that injured. Like, he got he hurt his knuckles, and I think didn't he have another injury early on in the year too? Yeah, he was sapped with a guy. Well, you know, some of those like tendon thing. Yeah, and then he did, like he that. took a, an awful bunt where like his knuckles were out front of the bunt, the bunt, ah, that thing you hit the ball with the bat. Yeah. His yeah. knuckles were like out front and it bounced off of him and it just looked painful, but Ugh. that was another injury that happened. Like I, I think that he'll be better. He's just oh, he's so oh, yeah, bad. I still believe in him, of course. I just want to see oh, him do yeah. it and, and yeah. manipulate his service time, like you said. Hell yeah. <laughs> so my answer Take- isn't exactly a spring training battle. Because um, like you said, everybody's pretty much locked in. There's not going to be any interesting ones. Mine is Danny Salazar. It's basically just I think he needs it for himself and I need it as somebody watching him every start. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see him have a big spring training to not pull my hair that doesn't exist out anymore. Because, um, I mean, like last season, he it's the type of injury he had, it wasn't something that was just fixed with surgery and he's good. It was a lingering elbow. Yeah. I think at one point it became a forearm injury. It's just a scary thing for a pitcher. I just want to see him. I'm not worried about the first couple starts, of course, because it's, it's early February. But I want to see what he does going long if he gets stronger. There was also a report of him not quite being lazy, but it was sort of hinted that in between he starts, he wasn't doing what he needed to do. I want to see him do that. Two years ago, right? That was 2015, I thought. Or was that, no, that was last year. That was, was that last year? Jeez, yeah. time flies. It was, it was when, um, when he wasn't quite out all the way, right. but he was like right. sort of one start every couple weeks. I yeah, Ricky Calloway just sort of said he wasn't, well, here's the exact quote. Um, he said, yeah, it's tough. Obviously, it's a tough assignment for Dan not to be able to go on a rehab start, getting comfortable throwing the ball over the plane again. So we're trying to do the best we can. Where was it? Oh, I think it's going to depend on his routines and things like that. He's got to shore up those things and make sure he's doing everything he can to go out there and throw the ball over the plate and have success in between outings. I mean, what else do you get from that other than 
He no, that's to do something. I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah, he was just being. Late. I would honestly rather see him as little as possible in the spring. <laughs> I just, I don't know. He seems, and and maybe I'm just looking at this wrong, but you know, just the the prototype of the power pitcher is a man who's twice the size of Danny Salazar, says so twelve feet tall and four hundred pounds. <laughs> But I don't know. He's just such a small, svelte guy, and really, he's not that he's not that small. He weighs about as much as I do, and he's four inches shorter. He's a very dense man. But among <laughs> pitchers, you know, he's much right. He's, he's much smaller than you expect out of somebody who throws like that. So I would honestly prefer he. And that's I. I don't know. That that's what I think has kind of slowed him down. The reason he's only ever topped out what 185 innings, and that was in 2015. Just say it. That, you want him to be Cody Anderson. You wish he was the exact shape of Cody Anderson. Just I say do. I, if I could just take all his talent and put it into Cody Anderson, I'd be, I'd be very happy. I mean, I do love Danny Salazar because, again, he came out of nowhere. It's just – he just seems like the kind of guy who's – and he's already had Tommy John surgery and all that. He just seems like the kind of guy who is a ticking time bomb of sorts. And anyone who's had Tommy John surgery once already is. Mm-hmm. But it's just he I, – I figure we're going. he's going to hit a point in the regular season – where he gets a dead arm or just needs to take a break because it's just his his routine at this point. So, yeah, I'd like to see him have a. I, I expect him to though. Is the thing I don't. There's no one. There's no major figure on the team who I don't expect to have a, a great spring in some respect or another. I mean, I, it would be nice, I guess, to have Edwin Encarnacion just just crush the ball all spring, just hit like 700 and just. You know, just help to allay any fear that it's going to be a bomb of a contract. But then, even if he doesn't, it's not a big deal. It's not like you're right, worried. Right, exactly. Then, I don't so. really care as long or or, or as, as long as he hits a couple of tape measure home runs and walks a lot, I'll be happy. Um, <laughs> I mean, Ramirez, Jose Ramirez's entire talent is all being is all in timing and, and being clutch and being you know the kind of just a a spark plug type. So I don't really care what he does. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get to it, but you know, I mean. It's it's more about just avoiding injury and um, yeah, that, that's basically yeah. it. It's about that's, avoiding that's really, injury. Yeah, it's really just getting yeah, <laughs> just getting to April with the with the full roster as yeah. we wanted to be. Yeah, and I think it's also worth noting that Yandy Diaz he's similar to uh, Bradley Zimmer, although I think he he has to do less to win a spot. I mean, I would hope he could beat out Michael Martinez and. Not to spoil your post for tomorrow, but one Mr. Ronnie Rodriguez. <laughs> and Eric Gonzalez, and Gonzalez, the yeah. other sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> but then there also is the, the fact that if Brantley isn't healthy, that's a nice slot for Yandy Diaz to go in pretty mm-hmm. easily. So yeah, I think he's pretty close to making it. He needs a smaller... Um, I mean, he's similar to Naquin last year. He just has to have a competent, really good spring, and I think he might have the spot one. Is there anybody else I, who was note, um, noteworthy for you that needed a big spring? I guess not, not so much big as I'd like to see him actually perform at some sort of quality major league level is Abraham Almonte. We've seen so little of him as an Indian. Mm-hmm. I think he's played a combined – has he even played a full season between – no, he's got 118 total games as an Indian, 390 plate appearances. Um, I would just like to see him be comfortable and, I don't know, you know, just kind of get a full spring, I guess is what I'm saying, because I – think that may that may be a thing that got in the way of him be, being successful um in 2016 because of the whole suspension thing and he was so good with them when he or he was pretty good at least when, when he came over from san diego oh, yeah, he was really good at first i i i would like to see him just be comfortable and have a full spring and you know just get a full chance to be at the same level of everyone else as they ease into the regular season so 
I don't need a big spring out of him. I just want to see a competent spring out of him, I suppose. Yeah, I still like your comparison. That he's, he's just Rajai Davis without speed. It's not a great yeah. bet, but it's good enough. And he can play defense. He's just not going to steal 40 bases every year, which that's fine for a platoon outfielder, I think. I, th- I still think he can steal a few bases. I mean, he stole eight in limited time last year. I think that's he'll probably give you 40. a 15 or 20. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's there. Yeah. It multiplies out, whatever. <laughs> I don't know, but I, th- I think he could give them, if he got full playing time and was and was healthy and everything, he could give them up to... You know, 20, maybe, maybe, whatever. What's the number between friends? Anyway, go on. <laughs> Let's talk about our favorite thing is players getting hurt. Um, <laughs> I've, we've avoided it forever talking about Michael Brantley, but screw it. We'll talk about him before he was, what was it? Vigorously hitting my ball off a tee or something. And then he was just watching balls and tracking them. And now he actually took live batting practice, mm-hmm. which I made a joke post that was, look at this video of Michael Brantley hitting baseball. I made the exact same post last year with a video. That's <laughs> that's not disheartening at all. But just oh. the fact that he's hitting a baseball is amazing right now, and that's happening. And also Jason Kipnis, his shoulder is injured, but that one supposedly isn't a big deal. And Tim Cooney, for those of you who remember Tim Cooney, I think he was, was he claimed off waivers, I think? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, sure, but he's out 10 to 12 weeks with a strain flexor. Um <laughs> Whatever I thought is. you were. I was like, who the hell is Tim Cooney when you sent me that made it up? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, wait, is he just jumping me? Jumping I just around sneak me players or? in there to see if you're awake. <laughs> <laughs> like Brad Hawthorne, Brad Hawthorne, <laughs> Brad Zimmer, the fake player because his name's Bradley. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but yeah, those are the injuries. Um, I mean, people ask us for updates. We're not. We're not there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just Dude. get them secondhand. They'll both be fine. What do you want from me? That's, that's, that's my. Uh, that's my point, can we just say Brantley will be fine? I don't know anymore. I'm, I'm to the point. It's not like maliciously ignoring the Indians, but I don't trust what they say anymore about Brantley. Either they don't know, or they just don't want to tip that he's as bad as he is. I mean, they keep saying he's on schedule, but his schedule is taking forever, and there's probably going to be another setback somewhere. I'm not optimistic about Brantley at all. I'm going into the season assuming he won't be there, and whatever he does is extra. You know. One of the reasons that Benito Mussolini came to power in Italy, in Italy was he said he was going to make the trains run on time. He, he never did that. Now, the connection between that and Michael Brantley I'm is, waiting for it. I don't know. Schedule being real slow, I guess? Nail it. Maybe if Benito Mussolini had just adjusted things to show that the schedule was better, he would look a little bit better. Much like the Indian front office. That's a specious connection at best. <laughs> Wait, who is but, Mussolini in this? Is it Antonetti or what? Hmm. I, I guess. Or whoever's yeah, scheduling guess, uh, They both have Italian last names. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah. Antonetti is there Mussolini in my comparison. <laughs> no one tell him I said that. <laughs> that sounds insulting. I guess he's not coming on the podcast. He's going to block us on Twitter now. Damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we no, don't know anything about forever. I'm, I'm so optimistic. I don't know. I want him really? to be good, so I assume he'll be good. I'm an optimistic man by nature. <laughs> that I just don't know. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what to. You know, like what? What do we do here? Like, are we just gonna hope for the best and prepare for the worst? I guess that's all you can do. But I don't know. I had another point I wanted to make, but I lost it in the in the midst of my bizarre <laughs> Mussolini tangent. <laughs> I mean, that one was more important than whatever. I yeah, agree. There's nothing more important than a Mussolini tangent. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's always going to be to bring him up in casual baseball conversation. Oh, that's what it was. What? So the only reason I have to believe that it's never going to be okay ever again mm-hmm. is that one interview that Jonah Carey gave with Toronto right. yeah. 
with the Toronto radio station a couple of weeks ago or months ago. And I mean, I like reading Joe and Carey's work, but he's much more of an analyst than he is a reporter who breaks news. So I have no reason to believe that any more than I believe anything the Indians say, I suppose. They don't want to tell us, oh, yeah, our franchise player was never going to be the same again. At best, he'll be what he was in 2013 or 14, which, again, would be fine. So it's a perfectly average player. That's always a useful play. It's better than two-thirds of what the outfield was last year offensively. So I just I, I guess I'm a little optimistic only because I have no reason not to be because the only person who I've actually heard say it's going to go terrible is a guy who's not known for breaking news. It was a very depressing thing to hear, but it was the only thing we heard that was not from an official source. So, you know. Yeah, there's also, I think, Peter Gaiman's luck shot last year when he said he won't be back till July. And we all thought he was crazy, and then he wasn't back till July. Is this going to be another Peter Gaiman's, basically? <laughs> He's going to turn out to be right somehow? God, I hope not. I mean, I love Peter Gaiman's. Don't get me wrong. One of the greatest tweeters of all time. <laughs> but... No, I, I just I don't know what to believe, so I'm just gonna watch these videos of him swinging a bat, and maybe we'll see him get some hits in spring training, and everything will be fine. I mean, it's gonna create a it's gonna be such a mess at the first base slash DH slash whatever slot. <laughs> and something else very important to bring up here, uh, Kenny Renner, Carrie Renner in the comments, he said, "Brantley looks so sad in all his photos from photo day. I'm going to try to draw no conclusions." Like seriously, you're <laughs> did you see those? No. Every single photo of Brantley, he looks so sad. He always looks that way. Oh, he, he's come smiled on. before. He's Dr. Smooth. He's got a smooth he is smile. One of the, he is one of the most dour-looking human beings on Earth. He's he's smooth because he doesn't smile. You're always like, ooh, what's that, that, that tall, dark, handsome no, man doing over there? there was smooth there. about it. It was like depressed, I'm about to retire kind of look. Maybe he's just bad lighting. I don't know. I got, now i got to look at his picture. <laughs> you do, not right now, but eventually look at him. Or look him up while I'm talking at some, while we're doing the next segment or something. But That's fine. He looks so depressing. It's insane. I don't know why they couldn't just like tell him to smile or something. Come on, Mike, smile. Uh, <laughs> maybe, he got, maybe he got really bad dental work. He didn't want to show it off. What, are you going to tell me next that, what, Kluber looks sad? No, he just never shows no, emotion. No, there's a big difference. Kluber is. looks emotionless and stern. Brantley just looks sad. You'll see when you look at him. There's a huge difference. Brantley is just straight up sad. <laughs> and I don't get, like, nobody note picked that up when God, I took the picture. It's just terrible lighting. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a lighting problem. That's all that is. Again, he's a 30-year-old man now. He's got a, he's got a kid. He's, he's always tired. That's all that is. <laughs> he's he lost tired. a lot of weight, though. Oh, From all geez. that T-ball. He's, oh, he's not in the best shape of his life. No, he's in terrible shape now. <laughs> Univerb is hanging off him. He's like a scarecrow. See, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's part oh, of the no. lighting, too. But he just looks so sad. I don't know. Yeah. It's still a very Michael Brantley look, though. It uh, Danny Salazar is horrifying looking. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, that's all we have on the injuries. Uh, Kipnis. Are you worried about Kipnis at all? I'm not. Mm, I don't know. Corazon shots are a pretty normal thing. Right. People seem to get them. As long as it doesn't hang around, I mean, he's, he doesn't, he's not in danger of running into any walls. So he's got that going for him. He plays in the middle of the infield. Yeah, I don't, I no, don't I'm not going to be worried until it starts being a really, really big problem. So, you know. Yeah. Even one That's, more delay, I think, is going to cause hysteria just because of Brantley. But, oh, definitely. Yeah. But as long as if he comes back and is just doing regular stuff after four to five days, no one will care. Okay. No, exactly. If, if, if he's just out there just looking fine, looking smooth and all that stuff. I mean, the key will obviously be in watching the minute things. There was a video of um, 
it was back in 20, it must be obvious it was 2015 now because he was still playing baseball. But it was just showing his swing from before and then after he ran into the wall. And there was just, there was such a subtle thing, but he was flying open a little bit earlier and all that stuff. So these are things too that we can watch through slow-mo gifts and whatnot in the coming weeks. But it's just so hard to draw any conclusions now because A, he's not playing and B, it's February still. Yeah. And the only, what was I going to say? Completely lost my train of thought. I had a Mussolini thing going, apparently. Oh, man. <laughs> just, this train, that train did not run on time. Thanks, <laughs> Benito. I'm not worried about Kipnis. Um, yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about, no more injuries. They'll suck. Let's not talk about those. Um, although this is almost sort of tangential to injuries. The catcher situation. Ooh. Terry Francona, I think it was last week or the week before. We didn't have a podcast last week, so it could have been a while ago. But he basically said there's no catcher battle. Jan Gomes is the starting catcher. That's all there's to it. Roberto Perez mm-hmm. is the backup. Do you agree with that, or do you think there should be some kind of competition, or do you have the correct opinion that Roberto Perez should be the starting catcher forever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I phrased that question completely neutrally. I didn't know if you noticed. I didn't want to slant your response in any way. I have multiple points of view on this. <laughs> I love Jan Gomes because he came out of nowhere, and I want him to be good so badly. Mm-hmm. But he was so stunningly bad in 2016 like the worst i think he was literally the worst hitter in all of baseball he was okay yeah so i wasn't making that up yeah god he got so many plate appearances he was so bad but he can't possibly be that bad again you can still be pretty bad roberto perez is not a good offensive player at all i mean he has a lot of well, he's all right. Well, what's he got? Let's go look at his weighted runs created plus. We don't have to do that. I mean, what are you, what are you nerd? Look at his stats. Who does Fine, that? Let's look at his RBI totals. Oh, that's very low. <laughs> Worthless player. No, I mean, I love Roberto Perez, and I think he's perfectly fine as a backup catcher. Um, I think he can steal the job, but right now it should still be Jan Gomes's because if he's healthy and good. He's an all-star ca- level catcher, I think. Maybe he oh, lost yeah, a step. Sure. Maybe everything is different now, and he is now terrible. <laughs> but I, after watching Jason Kipnis in particular uh, through 2000, what was that, 14, I guess? 2000, yeah, I believe 14 when he was injured. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was 2015. But it was such a sapping, nagging injury, and it pulled all the talent out of him. But then he came back and was great again. I'm just not going to say, oh, well, he was terrible. Like he was, he was worth what eight wins in a pair, over two years, and then he was not very good in 2015. But he, he also got hurt, and he was hurt again. So, no, I think he'll be. I, I expect him to be better than he was because it's hard to be worse. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, nothing against Jan Gomes either. I should throw that out there, but he's still good defensively. Um, even when he was yeah. uh, again dragged down by injury, uh, and. He's got power, and he's got – the one thing I'll say about this, I love watching Roberto Perez because he is the most bizarre hitter to watch because <laughs> somehow the count is full all of a sudden. And you're like, why don't you pitch to him? Yeah. He's hitting 220. He takes one. so he's, many pitches, and I love it. His contact rate is like six. <laughs> like, uh, but that's but but that 6%, baby. Woo. Um, <laughs> Those occasional dribblers out of the infield, they'll get you. Oh, and he's so he's slow, too. He's just like a lumbering oh, – Bouldered around the base. I was, I was in in the house for his for his first hit of the season back in 2016. It was in Baltimore, way back in 2016. 
Oh my god, it was hilarious because he had a ringing shot to the wall and he got thrown out by like 20 feet trying to go to second. I was like, no way. It was amazing to watch. I'm like, you should just take that hit away from him because that was absurd. He's got to get another one now. It doesn't count. And it wasn't even like it was a real player who made the play. It was like Mark Trumbo who made the play on it or something. Good lord, he's slow. But But he still picks up the plate and he can run into a home run occasionally. That's the kind of player I like. I, I, I think if you could combine the pair of them, you'd have an amazing catcher. But we can't do that, can we? Well, I don't and, know. What do you really get if you combine them? You're just kind of doubling the same skills. Well, because uh, they're both really good name? defensively. They, yeah, well, I Gomes, guess Gomes has a better power. contact rate, and he's just a better hitter overall. But he's just not quite as patient, and he doesn't strike out as much. And he's better. Yeah, if you give anybody Roberto Perez's patience, they're going to get better. I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's just Roberto Perez. Imagine how bad he'd be if he wasn't patient. How did he stay so patient? My God. Because <laughs> he can't hit. He's just waiting. Please walk me. Please walk me. <laughs> I want to go back and catch. I'm really good at that. I, but I, I think he's a good insurance policy. And yeah. I think you need to give Gomes a chance at least. Yeah. And at least it gives us one little bit of intrigue with this stupid team where everything <laughs> is so perfect and ready to go already for to, for another drive of the World Series. <laughs> this stupid great team. It's the worst. Stupid, gr- well-put-together, athletic, <laughs> fun, bomb-launching, strikeout-throwing team. God. <laughs> and I guess it's worth pointing out, I don't want to always go back to this for eternity, but uh, Jonathan Lucroy did not think he could beat out these two for a starting job. I'm just, I'm just tossing that out there. <laughs> I know. Like, what are, what, why would you think that? John Lucroy, you are the second best catcher in baseball. (laughs) But the Indians made Jan Gomes, so they must, I don't know. Is he used to like dumb decision making? Were they that bad in Milwaukee that (laughs) the guy you're paying, you start him? You just watch that team collapse around around him. So you're like, this must be how baseball teams are run. (laughs) (laughs) I can't deal with this. Yeah, I'm kind of glad. I mean, we kept. What, like Greg Allen, Mejia, and Armstrong? That's looking better and better for the Indians, I think. Maybe. We'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, Mejia in particular, I don't know. I, I still don't understand the joy. I mean, Greg Allen is, is an exciting prospect, but he's still in single A, maybe double A? Single A. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I, A lot of Mejia's is that, the hitting streak. I mean, right. Before that, he was mostly oh. unknown. It was Well, I guess I should say a lot of people on Let's Go Tribe, last year for our prospect ratings, a lot of people were campaigning for him the whole way. I don't remember where he ended up, but there were like people as high as the top ten who wanted him in there, and then he eventually got in. So there's some people who knew it was coming, but I, I'm, I'm like you, I don't get that level of excitement over Mejia. Greg Allen, I do get. He is really exciting. I, that I don't get. You I, don't get I, Greg I, Allen at all. No, I don't think he's going to be that good of a major leaguer. Well, you also like Cody Anderson, so I mean, yeah, because <laughs> I have taste in pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> giant sweaty pitchers. Everything is trending in the direction of him being good. Strikeout rates are up. Walk rates are down. Uh, contact rates are down. Whiff rates are up. Everything's <laughs> everything's up and down in the right direction. Until it crashes. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> oh, yes, that's it. So, so we agree. Well, I guess we don't agree. No, I sort of agree. I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're ambivalent here. On the catcher no, thing. Not the Cody Anderson. You're wrong on Cody Anderson, but on the catcher thing. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of agree. Jan Gomes should be the starter, I guess. Roberto Perez. I'll just worship my shrine I mean, to hey, you know, in my own I, private I, home. I think realistically, it's whoever has... I think Perez can still take it from him, though. I, I, I will say that. So you do think there's like a there's a battle going on? Just Tito doesn't... Why would Tito not say that like, we're going to have him compete, though? 
it's a, it's a silent battle, a dark battle, like like between intelligence <laughs> a services. It's a shadows. cold war. Yeah, they're they're having a. Proxy battles between the, between each other. Yeah. <laughs> every time Kipnis all... hits, it counts for Roberto, <laughs> and every time mm-hmm. somebody else hits. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're gonna sort of move on to user question, user questions, social media questions. But the first one we got, I don't know why I loved it so much, just because we can do weird things with it. So we're gonna turn it into a whole segment on its own, at least for this one episode. Uh, Matt McPhee on Facebook. He wanted he, Although I'll get on him for not phrasing it as a question because I said ask questions and he said predict the tribe starting lineup in rotation. Yeah, that's in a demand, Matt. I know that's not even a question, <laughs> Mister McPhee. Listen, come up. on, McPhee. <laughs> yes, so we're being demanded to predict the starting rotation and lineup in 2021. I like weird things like this. I mean, obviously we have no idea how this is going to happen or what's going to happen. So the reason. That, oh, go ahead. How, how many years is that? Are we deciding? Is that four or five years from now? Oh, I always hate this. You, you add an extra one if you do the math, so it's five. Okay, so then let's look back to 2012 or 11. Oh, don't do that. Let's look at, yeah, I don't want to look at 2011 <laughs> season. Yeah. Well, both of them are different, though, because the teams are in different places. Sure. Like, you can't, yeah. I'll just, I mean, I'll just, let's look at 2012, then. The Indians were, ugh, God, they were bad. <laughs> <laughs> they lost 98 games that year. So, first of all, that's what we could be looking at in that many years. Uh, the starting lineup <laughs> for the Indians, such as it was in 2012. This is just an lead-up to what we'll be talking about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Carlos Santana, Casey Kotsman at first, Kipnis. Oh, Casey Kotsman. Yep. Drupal uh, Cabrera, Jack Hanahan with the, you know, <laughs> the cameos by uh, Lonnie Chisinau, among others. Uh, Shelly Duncan. Uh, young power hitter Michael Brantley, <laughs> uh, Shinsu Chu, and Travis Hafner still producing at an above-average level. I miss Shinsu Chu. I do Other too, than maybe. his defense, but I liked him a lot. And then that was in the rotation. We had a bad Justin Matters- Masterson, <laughs> a worse Ubaldo Jimenez. God, this rotation was dreadful. Uh, Zach McAllister, the starter. Derek just... Lowe. Remember when he was good for half a season? <laughs> Uh, a young, spry, twenty-seven-year-old Josh Tomlin and Gene Mar Gomez. Oh, God. The and of course, the Philadelphia Phillies. And of course, the uh, bullpen mafia was in full effect that year. <laughs> I will say, so I don't know why what it is with Justin Masterson, but when I think about him, I think, oh man, he was really good. Then I went to look up his stats, and he's like horrible every year. I don't know why I have a every other year being good. Yeah, but because I, I always think of the good years. Apparently, mm-hmm. you know, you always want to remember the good times. Yeah. That's all it is. So the reason Matt asked this in 2021 in particular, I'm guessing, was to make it more difficult. Because in 2020, um, Roberto Perez, Jason Kipnis, Jose Ramirez, um, Abel Monte, and then Bauer, Salazar, Carrasco, Anderson, and Encarnacion are all going to be gone in 2020 in one way or another probably. So, I mean, that's probably the last year where we're going to have this core together unless the Indians just sign everybody, um, which probably isn't going to happen. So in my imaginary world, I'm assuming most of them are gone. Uh, maybe some prospects pan out. Maybe we got. I'm kind of saying the Indians are like on their last legs. We'll say they won the World Series a couple times. Why not? It's my world. I can live in it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like a victory lap. They know it's over. They know it's coming to an end. So they're just kind of piecing together a team that's competitive enough and letting some prospects come up and play. So let's go position by position. Uh, who we have at each in 2021. So we're looking way in the future. Obviously, again, we there's no possible way we could base this on anything. So it's <laughs> just for fun. Um, so who do you have at catcher first? We'll start with that. Lord. 
I mean, I guess you guys have to go with uh, their number one prospect at this point, Francisco <laughs> Mejia. I mean, he won't be one yeah. for one another year or two. Yep. So, I mean, you'd assume it would have to be him. He's definitely not going to be Gomes. Uh, Perez, like said, Perez is going to be gone. I think Perez will still be around. I think they'll probably sign him as a backup catcher. Mm-hmm. Especially because they'll be saving so much money on their young star, Francisco Mejia. So, no, I think it'll be Mejia probably starting to catch with backup as Roberto Perez, you know, kind of winding down, kind of in a Benji Molina type of role, teaching the young the young buck how to how to be good at it. You know, like like how like Benji taught Buster Posey. Yeah, that makes there sense. you go. So mine's the same answer, Francisco Mejia. I should say the way I did this uh, to plan it out was I went and I just like plugged in every top prospect in every open space, mm. and then I was I just sort of. I guess randomly, you're kind of based on things. I went through some of them and decided, eh, you won't be here. I don't know why. And then I replaced him with a veteran. <laughs> I went through and looked at who would be for free agent at that point and did him in there. Mm-hmm. So, But catcher, I would say Mejia. I think one way or another, unless he tanks really hard over the next couple of years, he's going to make it to the majors and he's going to get a shot, even if he's not any good. He's a switch-hitting catcher who's proved to be able to hit at least at some levels, and I think that'll translate. Even if he's not great in the majors, I think at this point, he's going to make it, so... I'm not saying he'll be a great catcher in 2021, but he'll be there. So what about first base? I don't think it's going to be anyone that's in the system right now. I think it's going to be, give me a second to look at this. Do you want me to do mine first? Yeah, who do you have? I have Brad Miller. So he'll be 32 years old at that point. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to imagine that um, his 2016 power, it wasn't as much a fluke. He's not going to hit 30 home runs again, but... He's a perfectly fine first baseman. He's just kind of like a veteran felon, nothing special. But they signed him. They got him. Uh, they just needed to fill in a spot. And like you said, I don't think it's anybody in the system either. I don't see Bobby Bradley. Mm-mm. He's one of the ones where I plugged him in. It's like, okay, I can see. I have enough reasons to say I don't think he'll make it. So, I don't know. Maybe at this point he's like Jesus Aguilar or he's somewhere else trying to make it. But in this fantasy world of weirdness and everything, Brad Miller is the Indians' first baseman. I think it'll be. I have two choices here. <laughs> yes, two thousand. What year will that be? No, nah, it won't be Not Anthony sure. Rendon. Never mind. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I think it'll be Chris Davis. Chris, the Davis, other yeah. one, the one with a K. <laughs> Not the good one, or is he the good one? I don't remember. He's the one who had forty-two home runs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the one of the Athletics. <laughs> um, I think it'll either be him or Todd Frazier. Okay. I think Todd Frazier is going to be one of the, become one of those guys that stays in the AL Central forever, <laughs> and he's going to drift around, and he's not going to put up good numbers. But he's just going to kind but, of be there. But he's going to be there, and he'll he'll hit twenty five home runs, and he'll strike out a ton, and we'll all just be like, Ugh, "What a waste of a signing this was." <laughs> um, so at least in my scenario, he's just a. He's a bluff first baseman, but we're not angry with him. We're, we kind of accept. Oh no, there. no, it's definitely this is going to be a downswing situation. This this time five years ago, if we go back to same, they lost ninety eight <laughs> games. Remember, as I said, they played Casey Kotsman at first base. But they might be infused um, with that World Series money at this point. I mean, excellent point. That's why I was thinking maybe they'll sign Anthony Rendon soon or trade for him, and then. His range will fade, and they'll move him to first. Yeah, Which, again, I wouldn't mind too bad. I like Rendon. Yeah. So, shortstop. Um, Francisco Lindor is going to be in arbitration three. Is there any way? No. No. He's, Moving he's on. There. <laughs> I will say, I think, um, in, in this imaginary world, he's, again, he's on kind of his victory lap. It's clear he's not coming back. The Indians can't afford him. 
So it's kind of like a victory tour for. No, no, they can't. They send them to a ten-year deal. Oh, right, right. Twenty-three million dollars a year. What are you talking about? <laughs> that World Series money, man. It, it got yeah, confused, dude. So. This is this is the best face of the franchise they've had since Tommy, <laughs> and they let Tommy leave. So you no. think they're going to do that? He's going to get a huge contract before he leaves. Yeah. I want I you to be right. I really do. I think they're going to offer him a ton of money. I think he's going to get a hundred plus. He's going to get the biggest deal in in offered to him in Indians history. Same right. kind of deal that because again, I think he's going to hit well enough where he'll be able to at worst move to third. He's got the arm for it, or move to second. Yeah, or shoot, play left. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Just put him somewhere. He's good. Keep him around. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so my next one is actually kind of that same thing. I was going to have um, Jason Kipnis gets re-signed, not to a massive deal, but I mean. He'll be 34 in 2021, so like he he signed enough as like this is our guy still in Cleveland. It's not blockbuster money, but he stays in Cleveland as a second baseman for as long as he can. I don't think he'll be a second baseman though. I take that back. I think Jason Kipnis will be the first baseman. Oh okay, well, too late. Him, change it. I I think he'll. I think within the next couple of years he moves to either the outfield. I think he moves probably to left field in the next couple of years. By 2019, he'll be the left fielder for the Indians. So I don't know if that's crazier than Cody Anderson being good, or he was a left fielder in college. Like, like he's he a was, converted yeah. second baseman. It's not, baseman. It's not, a it's not like thing. he's a, a great second baseman. He's a, he's a smart and solid second baseman. But there are better gloves in the Indians' um, system than him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it would just—I think it would make sense. If his, especially if his bat continues to grow and his range does not, uh, to, I, I just think I think he'll make a move at some point. I mean, I, it happened. It happens to best of. It happened to uh, Billy Williams. It happened to Willie Mays. It happened to it happened to the best of them. But then there's also players like his Jubal Cabrera, who wasn't very good at shortstop forever, and he's still there. <laughs> so that's all oh, right. Let's look at let's look at the list of people that could have played instead of Ezra Cabrera <laughs> at, at shortstop. Hmm. Well, that's that's also the point of why they resigned him in my fantasy world. Like players like Tyler Krieger. I mean, they don't have a ton of second baseman anyway. Like Krieger, Krieger, Chang. If he moved over the second, I'm pretending that none of them panned out. So it's kind of a spot where they flared out for prospects, and they're like, we still have Daisy Kittness, so that's fair. We'll bring him back. And, and again, I mean, maybe they draft someone next next right. year because five years is also a long time for someone to develop. They drafted um, Lindor. What well, when was he drafted? Two thousand what twelve? I think so. Yeah, twelve. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, I expect him like two to three years in development if he's a good enough prospect. Yeah. Maybe they'll have a terrible year next couple of years, and they'll get a they'll get a top five pick, and they'll get a middle of the order guy, or they'll make, they'll hoodwink some other some other team <laughs> out of another stud player, or who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So who do you have for third baseman? Unless you want me to go first, real quick. I think they'll. I think they'll keep uh, Jose Ramirez. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Or the, the or the aforementioned Rendon signing. Although in in, in my <laughs> you're going to get him in there one way or another. I'm going to get that goddamn player. <laughs> I third base is such a hard one, only because it's they're not going to sign a good one mm-hmm. because they're expensive. Um, I mean the the tenth best third baseman by wins above replacement last year was Evan Longoria who's being paid a billion dollars over like 12 years though well yeah I know it's spread out so it's it's swallowable but still a billion (laughs) dollars and he's going to be on that team forever so it's just it's a hard position to fill because of all the things you need so I think they're either going to end up with with Jack Hand Hand Mark 2 or they'll just they'll spend some money on 
um, on Ramirez. Because Ramirez won't be gone, gone. They could pay him some money and buy out some arbitration years, couldn't they? No, I think he's gone by that point. I mean, well, I guess what I'm saying is they buy out and they get a couple free agency years oh, from okay, him, yeah. too. Yeah, they could Because um, he's a free agent in 2021. Mm-hmm. He's already eligible in 2018. So then 18, 19, 20, three arb years. I figure they'll at least make the effort to get him get another year or two of him mm-hmm. arbitration-wise. Plus, he's just so I, – I think that would just be – it's too smart an idea because he's so versatile. He plays three different positions with relative – with different levels of competency. So, no, I, I think he sticks around. Yeah. So, in mine, um, so my scenario is either that he's too good and he gets outpriced. As, like you said, the third baseman are expensive. So, he's going to be one of those that are too expensive. Or, I won't say this last year was a fluke, but it doesn't last much longer. Like, maybe next year he's really good and the year after that he just kind of fades off. And then the Indians kind of let him go. And then at the same time, uh, prospect Nolan Jones, who they just drafted, He'll be 23. He shoots up. Um, he's going to be really raw, which overall, my Indians aren't very good in this scenario. And part of the reason is they have a couple really young players, and one of them is going to be Nolan Jones. So he's not very good. Jones. I like the name. Yeah, it's a cool name. It's a good name. It is. But he's the third baseman. He's not great yet, um, but he's there. That's who they have. They haven't signed anybody. They're thinking about it. They're kind of thinking, I don't know. He, we Maybe we brought him up too early. We ruined him. There's all kinds of posts. We've posted about how the Indians ruined him, his development. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, never stop posting about this. Yes. <laughs> um, so what's yours? Yeah, right. what's your left fielder now? Left fielder. Well, we can go with what I just said before with Kipness. Yeah, that's true. Well, or he was your alter- first baseman too. You can't just put that's- Kip everywhere. Screw you! I'll do what I want. This is my team. <laughs> I put this team together. I'm playing them where I tell them to play. Um, like drunk in the press box by yourself. I put them together. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh, that'd be a great first owner. Left. Well, they were purchased by eccentric billionaire Merritt Rolfing in 2019. <laughs> and he keeps on talking about Jason Kipnis to play every position. And Cody well, Anderson fielder... is just your personal butler. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. No, he'd be with the team. He'd be the pitching coach. Ger- yeah. uh... <laughs> slash general manager. He's the slash general manager slash he runs concessions. Um. So is it Kipnis? Is that your answer? No. Oh, okay. uh, Zimmer. Probably Bradley Zimmer. Okay. Brad Zimmer. Brad Zimmer. Yeah. That works. <laughs> so mine is, um, I'm going to say the Indians signed Starling Marte at some point. And oh, I, man. I love this idea. I, know, <laughs> I take right? mine back. I'm taking yours. <laughs> it's like Rajai Davis all over again. He's going to be, <laughs> what did I have in that? You can just take my answer. Stud. What kind of an answer is that? <laughs> he might, I'm saying people decline. I don't know if he's going to be great his whole career. He'll be like tw- 30. What are you, t- what are you doing, decline? No, he's not that young. Rajai Davis has Three times in his career been an above-average hitter. And it was a 108 OPS in tw- OPS Plus in 2009 and a 103 back-to-back in Detroit. Meanwhile, Star- I'm not done here. Starling Marte. <laughs> He'll be 33. Be the- he's one of the best outfielders in all of baseball. Okay. And he's being made to play the- maybe the hardest left field in all of baseball once again. Oh, I'm upset now. <laughs> so my scenario was that I was saying he declined. I'm okay. saying he, in the next few years, he got a little worse because he has an option year for 2021 uh, by the Pirates. So I'm saying either they bought that out like it got that bad or the Indians, there was something wrong with Bradley Zimmer. It's not going great with him either. So they swapped for starting Marta. Like, you take our problem, we'll take yours. So the Indians are, are they're left with a, not dilapidated, but slightly less good Starling Marte. And they're happy with him at this point. He's older than I thought he was. Damn. Yeah, see, I told you. It's going to be fun. Andrew, fine. I say they're going to have Andrew McCutcheon as their left fielder. <laughs> I'm like 90 and can't even walk anymore. 
It'll be, that doesn't matter. His smile is infectious. And um, part of my left field is also that they have Will Benson. He's like he's platooning. He's another really young player who they're not sure about how good he is. He's just kind of is there. He related to Joe Benson. Sure, we can go with that. Joe Benson was the center fielder for the New Britain Rockets when I worked for that team. Why would uh, it be related uh, just based on that? I don't know. Last name, whatever. I don't know. Why do the Why do the New York Giants and the, uh, and the San Francisco Giants hang out whenever they? Why do they, <laughs> I don't know about Brian Price. I did Will Benton. It was Brian Price. What's going on here? So my center fielder is easy. It's Greg Allen. I know that's probably not going to be your answer, but I'm going to say he pans out. Not to like Kenny Lofton, which people think, but he's going to be a server. He's going to be a perfectly fine center fielder, and he's going to be quick. He's going to be exciting to watch. He just isn't a great hitter. Um, have you put any thought into what the record is of this team you're putting together? Um, they're like right around 500, maybe a little under. Okay. They're, like they're I said, gonna... this is the last mm. remnants of World Series teams are hanging on, but yeah. they're just kind of like in a transition. They're like the Royals are right I now. I got you. Yeah. I mean, I figured it was going to be uh, Greg Allen anyway, and they're, they're going to win like 70 games. So, <laughs> And it's all Greg Allen's fault. Well, no, not at all. He's just <laughs> yet another, you know, he's just uh, another Trevor Crow type, yeah. you know, a guy who just never really became much of anything. <laughs> That's a dog and a guy who's, what, 19 or something like that. I feel <laughs> terrible. The 30 year olds just hating on this kid. I don't know. He just seems—he just seems too much like a type of player I've seen a lot of before. And, mm-hmm. and when you see a lot of the same player over and over, you start to kind of project upon them the problems of other players. Yeah, I mean, if we're so, being honest, if he gets to the point where he's at least starting as a center fielder, that's not too bad. Oh no, not at all. I Even mean, if he's not it, great, if you get a starting center fielder out of a prospect, okay. It's bad. shockingly hard to become a starting player in Major League Baseball. Right. So, yeah, if he can make it, let's see. He doesn't even have an entry in the baseball prospectus <laughs> annual. God damn it. What does so, Will Benson say? Let's see. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Ooh, Will Benson, baseball. comparables, Nomar Mazzara. There you go. <laughs> I take. I will not look at the other two, and I will accept that one. All right. I like that player. So, uh, who do you have in right field? Will Benson, the future Nomar Mazzara. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, that's a good question. Because um, the dream was the outfield would be uh, from left to right, uh, Naquin Zimmer and Frazier. Frazier. But Frazier is gone. The dream is dead. The dream died. <laughs> Just like a bunch of hippies. Um, uh, I don't even know. Right field's such a hard position to fill regardless of your situation because it needs to be a pretty good fielder. Who was their right fielder this past year? Oh, Lonnie Chisenhall. I think it'll still be Lonnie Chisenhall. No, <laughs> He's um... just hanging around. <laughs> so mine, if you want some inspiration. Yeah, I'm yeah give say... me something to work with here. Everybody always wants Charlie Blackman. It doesn't happen for another five years. He's 35 years old. The Indians finally... They get Charlie Blackman from the Rockies. Wait a minute. What is the outfield you put together for this team? So it's Greg Allen, Charlie Blackman, some kind of combination of Sully Marte and Will Benson and left. That's a pretty good defensive outfield. All right. Yeah. I so, I mean, like I said, they're a serviceable team. And Charlie Blackman's 35 years old, and so he's kind mm-hmm. of slipping there. But I think they get a decent season out of him. Maybe they'll get Adam Eaton back. <laughs> Bring him back to the fold. Yeah. Yeah. Put him out there and, uh, you know, it'll be like a latter-day uh, – Kind of a Rocky Colavito sort of a situation you where you get him when he's too old and he's just <laughs> terrible and you're just like, why have we done such this idiotic thing? Or they, or they get, I don't know. 
An yeah. old uh, Bryce Harper would not be older at all in that situation. Jeez, he'd still be so young. He will. Uh, that's crazy. So JD Martinez. I don't know. JD, that's not a bad choice. Not that's at the all. same along the lines of a good player now is declining. So. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking at. He'd be 34. I mean, he'd probably be off whatever contract because he signed through 2017. Probably sign a four-year deal. Maybe then he'll be a free agent. Yeah, yeah. that's a good answer. J.D. Martinez. Okay, there you go. So for a starting rotation, I figure we'll just do the whole thing. I don't want to go pitcher by pitcher. So we'll do the whole starting five. So mine, I'm going to say Corey Kluber's still around. He's not terrible. He's like 36. He won't be 36. He's younger than you think. He's Google 29 it going on, He's 29 going on 30. So yeah, he'd be like 34. He'd be 35. Okay, 35. But still, he's he's hanging around. He's not very good, but he's still there. And then I have... <laughs> Wait, Tristan... just broke it down, old man. It's pretty great. <laughs> then I have Tristan McKenzie and Mike Clevenger. I'm going to say Clevenger almost reaches the ceiling. Tristan McKenzie is spectacular. And then just as sort of an out-of-nowhere prospect, Julian Merriweather. He had a really good year in A last year. He, he's going to end up, he's already 25, so it's kind of weird. He's going to basically be like Josh Tomlin or TJ House, where you mm-hmm. look at him, you're like, oh, well, he's been here forever. I didn't realize that. So he's he's TJ House or um, Josh Tomlin. And then number five, uh, Michael Patino. Why not? <laughs> I'd really like, uh, yeah, I'd really like TJ House to stick around just because, you know, left handed and all that. Yeah. All right. Um, I only have four in my head. <laughs> You don't need a four-man rotation. Screw it. You know, it's, it's fine. The uh, these guys are tough. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, obviously, McKenzie. I mm-hmm. figure he'll pan out. Uh, Cody Anderson. Of course. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, him and Clevenger. And then uh, Trevor Bauer. I think he'll... Because he is, again, as you say, he's a free agent in 2021. But I think they'll buy out a year or two of his free agency. Who is his... Actually, no. He's not a... They better not say that stupid group. Uh, Boris group. Nope. Okay. Wasserman Media Group. All right. We're good. Uh, I think he'll, they'll, they'll get a year or two of him um, as far as uh, post-arbitration. So he'll still be around. So that's four guys. Yeah. And I don't know. Who's someone who's okay now? But <laughs> I'm trying to think, who, who is the garbage they're going to pick up? Who is the Derek that's what I Lillard going to plug in? Well, I went from garbage I, to garbage year, so. I like that. I like that Michael Pineda pick. Let's see. I, I think know, but... it'll be... I think there's so many you could just plug in there, though. That's what makes it hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be... Um... Hard. Hmm. Is, is Josh How... Tomlin still around? <laughs> Josh Tomlin, no. <laughs> what is Johnny Cueto's... Johnny Cueto. There you go. He's the yes. Asian guy that you take a chance on. Actually, he signed through 2021. Damn it. They trade for him. Good lord! I don't know why they would trade for Johnny Cueto in 2021. Terrible idea. (laughs) Um, David, nope. David Price's contract is huge. (laughs) You're not getting David Price. Jeez, some of these contracts. You are aiming way too high for like a fifth pitcher on a team that's not very good. He'd be a 36 year old (laughs) David Price. Come on, Justin Verlander. You gonna go for that one? No, I don't ever want him anywhere near oh. these dudes. Um, it's just a four-man rotation. They don't need five. Who needs those? Yeah, come on. You know, we, we got a couple of rubber arms in there. It'll be great. Yeah, be good. <laughs> oh, or Masahiro Tanaka. That's there who they'll go. bring in. He'll be 33 or 34. It'll be, he'll be a free agent. That's a good uh, pick. I like that. He'll be terrible. No, he'll be all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what are the wins for your team you have estimated here? Were you, was the 70-win team your what you were thinking, or...? I'm expecting that year that they'll win 
75-ish. Yeah, I don't think they'll be very good at all. When I post this on the site, I'm going to post a little poll to see if people think this is a better team. Did you write down my answers? Oh, no. I'll listen to it again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. I'll just say my team or just I'll put Merritt's team and that's it. I won't put the actual player. It's on the top of my head. You'll see we make them listen to the podcast. We just say which team is better. We have to tune in to find out which players we picked. I like that. Catch Thank those. Draw in. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Tease. That's good. <laughs> so that was our first sort of social media question. Um, You're welcome. Um, who asked that question? Uh, Matt McPhee. He didn't ask. Welcome he demanded. McPhee. He demanded that we make lineups and stuff. So, so yeah, thank you, did. Matt. Um, and for everybody else, we always ask every Monday. You can answer on Facebook, Twitter. You can also almost email us. Uh, you can email me. Mattr.lines at gmail.com. We have a let's go try email. I have no idea what it is, so email me. And we'll answer it on the podcast. Um, we'll also answer a couple live ones if we have time. We took a lot of time on that, but that was fun. So we won't, yes. we won't answer a ton of questions, but let's get to a couple at least. The first one from at Bless You Boys, they're the, the Tigers SB Nation blog. Um, they want to know is there any chance Kluber wants to take the season off to pursue an acting career? <laughs> the Tigers did not want to face Corey Kluber at all, and I would say um, no. I don't think he's going to be an actor. No, gonna, he's gonna he's gonna move to Detroit, destroy your team. <laughs> They're going down. Did you ever so, see uh, um, Hail Caesar? No, I've been meaning oh. to for the longest time. It's but not no, good. don't worry about it. But <laughs> there's a really bad it's actor in that movie. It's, it's, it's a what do you call a movie? It's, it's a probably their worst movie. movie. It's probably their worst. Movie. It's boring and there's long stretches of it being really boring. You and must have not Brothers. seen uh, what's that? ridiculously long boring movie that's apparently very good by them i'll look this up while you talk okay but yeah i would say um no he's not gonna be an actor uh, and matt slick thing he asks uh i've he, heard he was, that name. i don't i don't know who that guy is he writes for let's go tribe i guess whatever it's like that clown is. terrible <laughs> houston had Tows hill miami has a terrifying dolphin if cleveland needed a weird thing in center field what would you want it to be i would say something if I'm going to go all out and have a stupid thing in center field, I want the most giant gaudy thing I can. So I'm going to say, like, they're going to honor rock and roll because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're okay, I like it. Route. So it's going to be, like, just a big guitar and drums that come out and a giant animatronic guy playing them. Okay, like, one like guy that. playing both. I mean, he, he strums the guitar, he slams the drums. It's a whole thing when there's a home run. It takes, like, three minutes. I mean, every time there's a home run, people are sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> it does a whole song. There's a guitar solo and... Yeah, I, I hate center field things, so if we're going to do it, let's just go all out and make it really stupid. All right, so you know how they have those trees and stuff out in center field, or at least they did for a while, like a picnic area sort of a thing, right? Yeah, yep. Well, what I want them to do is better than that. Oh, boy. I want them to go to California and transplant a fully grown sequoia <laughs> tree and plant it in play. <laughs> is that one of those trees that's like 100 feet tall? No, they're like oh. 300 feet tall. <laughs> that you can like drive through, or those are redwood? Yes, they're like 28 oh, feet okay. wide. Yes. going to plant one exactly. of those in center field. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now, now, I could have you... just gone with a redwood, just a nice, normal, go to Muir Woods, steal one of their trees. Those get to be like 190 feet tall, but they're like tree size. You know, they're like a really big tree. But no, I want a sequoia. I love you those trees. Ridiculous size. I did a report on sequoias in the second grade, <laughs> and I loved them. By the way, that movie I was thinking of, Miller's Crossing. I good movie. It. Is it? Yes. Hell Caesar's not good. But what do you do at the top of your tree? Do you do you brand that bad boy? Do you put a windmill up there? What do you do? No, you just populate it with uh, various birds of prey. <laughs> and every now and then they'll swoop down and just grab the ball out of the air. It'll be great. Now, do you put any seats up there? I mean, you could charge a lot, like... Actually, that's a good tree. idea, Matthew. However, no, I believe there are protected species. We cannot do that. I, I apologize. 
Not even like a tire swing, just put your One of the there. things. The new kid zone it... at the top of the 300 foot Sequoia tree. Oh man, you could have a, t- a huge, like they had a slide up in Milwaukee <laughs> with an even better slide. It'll be called a screw you Bernie Brewer slide. <laughs> and it's just that slider has to slide for 10 minutes going down the whole thing <laughs> and throws up when he gets to the bottom. What are the rules if the ball gets caught up there? Does the center fielder have to go up and get it? Yeah, yeah. There'll be there'll be like a, a thing that you can climb up and what. There'll be like a, a rig and whatnot. Yeah, we won't be insane. <laughs> oh, it'll be crazy here. Um, one of the things that helps sequoias grow is fire, and so every now and then you just have to set the ground on fire around it. Is it during the game? Sometimes. <laughs> you never know. So, so in addition to having a three hundred foot tall, thirty foot wide tree, there's also fire. you have fire every now and then in center field, and this is what I want. Can we include just, my drum set rock and roll guy too? Just have it all. Yeah. Okay. He could actually be, ooh, you know, it'd be kind of cool. Because I, I, <laughs> like, if you ever watch like a Rush show or I went to, I saw the Blink 182 this once, they had like a flying uh, drum drum set. Mm-hmm. He could be in a thing that looks like it's flying, but it's really just like a rig in the tree. So there's a man playing drums and whatnot, just playing solos the whole game. <laughs> I, like I, like a lot. I like it. Um, You're welcome, Matt. Other Matt. <laughs> So many Matt's writing in. There is. These all people are all fake. <laughs> I just made them all up to ask questions. I don't think you're real. <laughs> so we'll just go over the last one here in the Facebook Live comments. Um, Banjo Jack. He's asked a bunch of questions. We'll take one of them. Uh, Hi, Banjo Jack. Do you think the Indians will be aggressive on the bases this year? No. No? Not at all? I think, well, I mean, well, what does that mean? You know, like, yes or no? No, they're going to they're gonna run backwards. <laughs> I think they'll be less aggressive. Because almost all that aggression was Rajai Davis. <laughs> right, exactly. No, exactly. Like, he, they stole the most bases. How many bases did they steal last year? And, like, he stole half of them. Mm-hmm. I do think that they have players on the team that can steal 20 to 30 bases. Uh, Lindor, Ramirez. Uh, Kipnis can give you, what did he steal last year? 15. So, yeah, you know, uh, Lindor for 19, 22. But, yeah, Davis stole the lion's share of the 130 Four totally. Yeah, so so he stole a third of the bases they stole last year. Mm-hmm. Um, in essentially swapping him for a man who's going to hit forty-five home runs, you just it's just not going to happen for multiple different reasons. I think they'll be a little bit more station to station, but not so much. And I've written about this a couple times in the last few months since they signed Encarnacion. I think they'll be aggressive in going first to third, that sort of thing, because they have so many athletes on the team. But I don't yeah. think they're going to be. Swiping bases left and right, as we saw um, Davis in particular do, which is too bad. I love the steal, stolen third base. I think oh, it's I the coolest that. thing on it. No. I love it. do that. Uh, it's such a rush, dude. It's so much fun. You're it's like, okay because oh, it works so much, but. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Awful, man. Thanks for the question, man. Banjo. I don't know if that's your name. Remember when Marlon Bird was on the Indians? That was weird. <laughs> that was a fun month. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's going to try a comeback. What is it, like no, 37? Well, he's only suspended for half the season. Come on, Merritt. Well, that's true. Got to give him a chance. Now, he's just, if I were him, I would just go to Taiwan and just hit 600 <laughs> for, for a couple of years and then retire. I feel like a god. So thank you, everyone, for your social media questions. So this is usually the part, Merritt. Um, we're done mostly now. We're going to ask we? what you're doing in the next I don't, week. I don't care. I don't. We're not doing anything interesting, are we? Well, um, Netflix just released two more seasons of The Great British Baking Show. So, yeah, we're not doing anything interesting over the next week, so... No, so I'm doing that, but also you can read all my jibber jabber. Let's go, Trab. Listen to my other uh, podcast, 
uh, mostly baseball. You can find it on iTunes, I think. Uh, follow me on Twitter at mostly underscore baseball. It's not, I don't actually run the Twitter account. The other guy does. And also every Thursday night, I'm on the knockout talking about baseball mostly. Cool. Yeah. I do lots of mostly baseball things. <laughs> and your post on Let's Go Chive, of course, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. That's so many. Yep. So, so the main part I wanted to do now, <laughs> it is so many. I don't know how you're you're squeezing stuff out right now in the middle of spring. Uh, It'll be easier when the season gets around. I don't It'll work hard fun. at work. Is it? <laughs> the, the main purpose of now is this is your platform to sell us on your weird soccer idea. Oh, I forgot how about you want to that. Ruin yeah. baseball. To be honest, I did too in the middle of a question. And I was like, we didn't talk about that. And we teased it a lot. I should probably bring that up at the end. But this was played from the beginning, Merritt. I didn't forget totally. <laughs> Did, did but this is your chance. It? Tell us, okay. sell Listen, us on this beautiful idea. So, the construct of it is that for those who did read the article, uh, in England, every year there is what's called the FA Cup, the Football Association Challenge Cup, where every single soccer team in England, all the way from the, from the Premier League, which is teams like Arsenal and Man City and Manchester United, all the way down to essentially semi pro leagues. So, like, imagine. I mean, it's slightly better than the softball games you can you can sign up for on meetup.com. Like, slightly better talent level than that. All of them are in the tournament together. And I think that this is not my idea. This was not Stefan Fastis of um, Hang Up and Listen's idea originally. This is an idea that's been knocked around some. He called it the Bill Vett Cup, which I think adds a little panache. <laughs> but basically, every single professional team in North America plays in this in this tournament there's something like 300 teams you can have a quick knockout round to get it down to 256 and then you only have to play eight games to go from 256 to two <laughs> and essentially a championship and you can do it throughout the summer i mean i just think it'd be cool because you have all the low a teams all the high a teams triple a independently you know the sonoma stompers of uh the only rule is it has to work fame Mexican League, Texas League. And I just think it would be really neat. I mean, I love minor league baseball, and I think it gets way less love than it deserves. It's so much more fun. Well, not more fun, but it's <laughs> it's a ton of fun, and like it's a neat experience. It's so unlike going to a major league baseball game where you're going to this massive cathedral of thousands and thousands of people. Like going to a single A. I, I went to the Lexington Legends an awful lot when I was living in Lexington, Kentucky. And it's awesome. Like it seats like six thousand people. I went there for the the Carolina League or the I don't know the name of the hell though. Was it? Like the, I don't remember the name of the league. Whatever the league was, Carolina League or something like that. Um, but I went to the All Star game that they had there, and it's just you know like they have dollar beer night and they have quarter hot dog night, and they just it's fun. You can just heckle the hell out of the players. You get to see players super young. I saw Yohan Mankata come through there, and I just I think this would be a fun way not only to draw those teams to help promote the game in a much more localized fashion. Because what what's one of the complaints? Not complaints, but one of the statements people have when they talk about baseball not being as successful as basketball or football. It's a more regional sport, right? Mm -hmm. And this would be a great way to. I mean, it would it wouldn't help that really. But it would also, but it would help grow the game in a localized fashion and draw people in because you become a fan not so much of just, I don't know. Let's let's say you live in Kentucky, you wouldn't become a fan so much of the Reds as you would the Louisville Bats because they have a chance to play the Reds and beat the Reds on their like in Louisville no less or 
don't know. I don't think it's a crazy idea. I think it's a neat, fun I think it's idea. Cool. Like, yeah. it, I, like, I think if we're having the World Baseball Classic as it is, why not have this? Again, it's eight games. They can't find time for eight games. You wouldn't even have to send like your like the major league teams wouldn't even have to send like their 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 best guys. Like they pitch. Like if the Indians pitch Josh Tomlin in these games, they dominate. But that's the thing. Every now and then you'd have you'd have a hot run from I don't know some young stud in in low A or high A or double A or something where where some guy just gets hot and and they beat the Indians or you know like one 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 or two pitchers suddenly just become shut down for a couple of games and you have a win from the Rancho Cucamonga thingamajigs or the biscuits or whatever. I don't know. You know, it's the, what the new Orleans baby cakes. That's a team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah with their mascot. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're amazing mascot. I just think it's a, it'd be a fun, I don't know. I like baseball. And I just think there'd be a fun little tournament in the middle of the season. Single elimination tournaments are absurd in baseball and it would just be, it would create utter absurdity. Which is fun. I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a wacky fun time. I can understand why people wouldn't like it. Sort of. But at the same time, it's just it's it's a crazy event, and I think it would be neat to see. You know, what if the Red Sox? You know, they end up having to play the I don't know some 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 Mexican league team in like in Puerto Vallarta, so they have to fly all the way down there, and it's you know, they're like, this is terrible, and they're playing in, in front of like, and they're playing in just this like you know five thousand seat stadium, or like remember when the Expos were playing a couple games down in Puerto Rico. And the place was going bananas every time they were down there. And it was awesome. I just think it would, it would create some cool atmospheres. And over time, it would be fun. Maybe, I don't know, a couple of commenters on the article that I wrote pointed out that maybe it would be cool just to have all the minor leagues do it, which would be cool. Yeah, I mean, either way, fun. whatever. You know, I mean, it, 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 was just, it would be fun because then imagine you're that guy in, in single A or double A and, you know, you help the team. You, you're central in, in your team beating, you know, your parent club in some by some crazy draw. You Like, you know, the the Portland Sea Dogs end up playing the Red Sox up in Portland and their young ace pitcher eventually makes it to the to the Red Sox and he's like, I already beat all you guys and he's just have fun bragging. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. It'd be an idiotic time and again, it's only eight games. And it, 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 I think over time it would grow to be a, a neat. Yeah, everyone was saying they wouldn't like it. I think their, their hang-up is the fact that it almost is impossible. I mean, if, if it actually happened and got implemented, how would you not like that? I mean... I don't even like see how it's, it's just possible. More it's the thing. It's more base. I mean, yeah, it would, it would travel well, it's would be a- because owners wouldn't want to do it. They don't. Right. They wouldn't. That's want their really the to only thing. Yeah. Right, and that's the only thing. But I mean, I'm sure the independent leagues would be all over it. And- oh, even the well, minor league teams make all their money through people coming in the gate. Like all the minor league owners and whatnot would love it. It's just their the their affiliated parent club would not love it at all. Yeah. So. I think if you got everyone to vote on it equally, the minors and the independent leagues would win overwhelmingly. And what if Even you just shorten all the seasons by the number of games, like the maximum number of games they can play? And that's the thing. Like, uh, it's a hundred and like if every single major league baseball team got an automatic advancement to the round of two hundred and fifty-six, which is a hilarious thing to say. <laughs> that's and you subtract eight games. That's still one hundred and fifty-four games. That's literally the number of games that they played in for. The first half of baseball existing, like yeah, and you get the same amount of baseball, just some of it's unique. And everywhere else, it's just development anyway. Like what the, the central focus of every minor league team is development, and in the independent leagues, the central focus of all those players is to get noted noticed by a major league team. I think that anyone who's in a major league, like front office or whatever, is, is they're looking at it the wrong way. 
because like you'd be able to discover way more talent way better or way quicker. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, for all the <laughs> the joking about being crazy, I think it's cool. You you sort of mentioned um, that minor league baseball is almost better than major league baseball. I would say, as someone who's been to a lot of minor league games and not many league, many major league games, I prefer minor league games more. It's just it's such a hassle it's more to personal, go to a major league game. Exactly. Yeah. And when like you're in a, easier... when you're watching a major league game in a ballpark, it feels like you're on TV. Like everything's. I don't know. Like, so like fake, there's a, but like there's glossy. Like a sheen to, right. right. Yeah, everything yeah. is so perfect. Yeah, and it's like, just weird. It's it's it is if, if you go to a lot of major league like I went, I went to a lot of Lexington Legends games and I went to a couple of Reds games and it's just such a, a divergence. I mean, it's so much more crowded. I mean, you can sit in the third row at a Legends game for eleven dollars. <laughs> yeah, like inside the dugout, and then you you know I mean you could do that with the Reds too. You just have to sneak down to the seat. It's not that big a deal <laughs> after the first not, inning. Not like there's anyone there, but. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a more going to a major league or minor league baseball team is a much more raw form of baseball where it's just it's much more of the old school going to the park than it's it's less of an event, which is I think the way baseball should be. Baseball is an event only because we've made it an event, whereas it's you know it, it happens literally all summer. It should be a thing you do for a little while and then you go and do something else, which is does which kind of flies in the face of how it's priced and how we view anything. Which in is why life. minor league baseball is so much better. It's because it's priced right. appropriately for what you're doing. And if you live near a team that has a good minor league system, you see some dope baseball. Oh, yeah. I live, so. like, if you look at my house on a map, it's almost an exact circle of, like, two hours away to all the nearest minor league teams. <laughs> like, Binghamton, yeah. Williamsport. I mean, I'm dead center in the middle of nothing. But still, I make the drive. I try to make it, like, an Indians affiliates play, and I try to make the two-hour drive out yeah. and see a game and drive back. So I live near a couple different, like, uh, d- d- besides there being, you know, two major league parks within – 40 minutes of me there's also a ton, a ton of minor league parks oh, yeah. it's amazing where i live in dc it's quicker to go to a, a, a uh an orioles game somehow yeah, yeah. Travis bitch in the district well, i grew up in erie where it was the the sea wolves which are the, mm-hmm. they were the affiliate for the angels for the longest time and then they were the tigers and i think the fans of minor league team are always really interesting too like they are really dedicated to their team and like and 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 half of them aren't even really fans. They're just people. Again, they're people who are out for a nice night. But again, right. then you have people who are just like sea dogs. Really you're like, you're it. a weird person. Like this is strange. <laughs> it's just pride in their city, and it's like a thing. Yeah, like not everybody knows about it. It's their own little thing that they're proud of, which is really cool. That's why some of my favorite books are the ones to read about, like players who, who got kind of far in the minors but never succeeded. There was one. Oh, his name was Eric something. You were there a great was a. Should find it. There was a movie about that called Sugar uh, that came out. When did that come out? But it was about a minor league pitcher who was drafted, who was, uh, came out 20, 2008. Okay, yeah. yeah. But he's uh, a Dominican kid who was recruited to play over here in the States. And it's just like he's dealing with total language barriers and all these different things. And just the struggles of what it's actually like to be someone, not only a minor league, but also... Anyone out there listening, if you get a chance to go see this movie, I thought it was excellent. Yeah. But like, it's just all the struggles that you don't even think about, especially someone like uh, who's coming from a Dominican who does not speak a word of English coming over here and playing. I think we all exper- we experienced this secondhand this past year. One of the things that was holding back Jose Ramirez was a lack of a total lack of comfort mm-hmm. in the clubhouse, and between Mike Napoli and Jose, and um, Juan Uribe, he, they, they drew him in between being able to talk to him and then just having playing cards with him every day. And so. how he is very comfortable. Yeah, he's quite comfortable. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my that's my movie recommendation for the week. Uh, cool. Sugar, 
So go out and check it out. This has been Merritt's Movie Recommendation Podcast. <laughs> Always got to make one. So thank you for joining me, Merritt. Um, oh, not at all. It's been my pleasure. Everyone else is going to be hearing a lot of your voice coming up. Because uh, I forgot to mention at the top, but Jason, uh, his his wife's 39 weeks pregnant now. So between that and all the schoolwork he's got to do, he's going to take a break for a little while. After the baby's born, he's going to take a break from his, his real job and his Let's Go Tribe stuff. So it'll be me and you. Me and you and Matt, when he gets a place with better internet, we'll be talking Indian. So. That sounds nice. It does. Although we'll have to... Matt's awful question. I'm just the worst. No, it was the best. I was thinking of a different one. Yeah. His was Other Matt. Other Matt. There you go. Other Matt. <laughs> Who demanded. McPhee or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, thank you, Merritt. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, we'll see you next week. That's where music goes. It's going right now. Man. That's so good. It's, it's amazing. I can't even It's a slamming jam. It's going to be edited in later. It's getting really loud right now, by the way. I think it's like 10 seconds ramps up and we're still talking over it so goodbye today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you your budget your life your style and if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check so whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.